Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 143. My name is Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. With us, as always, DW, my trusty co-host. You look, you're looking good today. I have to say, you're looking pretty good today. Why, thank you. Yeah. I haven't got any calls from modeling agencies yet. No? Why not? They, they haven't done that. I don't know. I think they're missing out, actually. At, like, Duluth or something? Duluth would be great. I, you know what? <laughs> Duluth should hire me. They should hire me to wear all of their clothes. And I will wear them, but I get to keep them after I wear them. How about that? I, I won't even charge them anything. I'll be a spokesman for them. <laughs> Mr. Dave Wager, the Duluth man. I could do that. Yeah, Jason wants to know if they have kilts. Do they have kilts at Duluth? Do they have, do they ever, Jason, I know, did you ever wear a kilt? I, I've never worn a kilt, unfortunately. Well, that's good for all of us. But do you know if kilts have like flannel lining in them? No, they don't. They, they don't make them that way? You could make a bundle. If you made one of those. A flannel lining. Yeah, and then have a like a fleet farm store over they're, there where you can usually, sell kilts well, the, with flannel lining. They're lining. usually made of like wool. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's not good enough. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Well, wool, if you think it, Ireland, you think sheep, so itchy, why not wool? Itchy wool? Even though it's more Scotland. Is it itchy? I have no idea. I've never I've never worn a kilt. Are you sure? Yes. However, I, I've heard rumors <laughs> that there's evidence of you wearing kilts. <laughs> wow. There cannot be evidence of that unless there's a Photoshop person out there <laughs> welcome to america <laughs> <laughs> well, i should work on that hey jason's back it's good to be hanging out with you how you doing man i'm doing well it's always always good to be back and fall is finally set in and you know it brings a crisp freshness to the air and just kind of gets you ready for a fresh start almost i mean everybody's back at That's school right. now they've been back at school for about a month you know we just had see you at the poll and it, even as we talked about last week on the show it just has that fresh start to kind of start it the way you want it gets excited yeah I love the fall. You know, I invented a new tea for the fall. Oh, boy. That's right. little rooibos tea with a bunch of spices in there, and it tastes folly. I had to make something that tasted folly. Do you have to wear a kilt while drinking it? No <laughs> kilts are allowed in my house. Even if I showed up in a kilt at your if house? If you showed up in a in a, in a yeah, you'd have to go to the garage and change. You wouldn't welcome me? No. Okay. No, because I would find that extremely odd. <laughs> you would laugh <laughs> and take photos. I would, but Let's I would still honest. find it odd. Yeah. And, and that, you may think that's not politi- that, that's politically incorrect. However, I know Jason, and I would find that odd. That's all. all right. Hey, Tara Kay's back, finally. Woo-woo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, Tara. Thanks. It's so good to be back. Have you worn a kilt? I have not. Well, I think I've worn like a wool skirt, but not a kilt specifically. What's the definition of a kilt? It's got to be from Scotland. Compared to a skirt. Yeah. It's a Scottish and then it, skirt. Isn't it usually in their colors of their family? Oh, do they? You know, that's like their family colors. Yeah, they wear the kilt. So if you're Swedish, it has to be blue and yellow? But Swedish people don't wear kilts. Thank goodness. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Polish. That's what you're talking about. They see you at the pole. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I must say, though, that there is technically a Swedish work kilt. 
There is a Swedish there is. word kilt. Just saying. Yeah, you looked it up, huh? I did. This is my work kilt. <laughs> this is my relaxing kilt. And your face popped up. And my face popped up, too. This is getting more interesting as we go right. along. Please, no Christmas gifts. <laughs> They'll go to waste. Tonight, we want to carry through the theme of moving your faith forward. So this last week, we've been really hyping up about See You at the Pole. And so if you have a story about See You at the Pole this week as you were out at your flagpole praying for your school, you should send it to us. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or just stop our website, hopenet360.com. You can share your story right there through our website. But tonight I want to talk about carrying your faith forward. And I want to talk to a couple of different people tonight. The first group is teens, teenagers that are listening to the show, youth, what you guys can do to carry this through to your school year. So it's not just a one-time deal where it's, you know, something that you just do. And, and so now you're going back to trying to reestablish, you know, your street cred, as it were, your squad, getting back into whatever it is that your persona is, what you're known for, your reputation. It's, it's actually carrying through, if you're not used to this, this life of faith, just how you respond, how you carry yourself as a Christian now. I mean, now it's kind of like you step out in faith, but the really easy thing to do is to kind of go back into yourself. So we want to talk about that tonight. And then those who are parents, how do you foster an environment of spiritual growth, in, both in your home and just in your everyday life? How do you foster that both for your teens and if you have young adults? Same goes for that as well. So we want to talk about that tonight on the show. Join the tweet back right now. We're going to fire that up right now on Twitter. So use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation is just kicking off right now on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. What if athletic fields across the country were filled with students challenging each other to read the Word of God and come to faith in Jesus Christ? We know that none of this can happen without Him. It's only God that does it. Fields of Faith is coming to a field near you. It just gets the whole school fired up. Calling all students and student-athletes, it's time to get in the game and get in the book at Fields of Faith Wednesday, October 12th at Southwest High School in Green Bay. Check out hopenet360.com slash FOF. Ready, break! This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, Jeff, DW. we got Jason and Tara Kay back with us tonight here on HopeNet Radio. Our live coaches are available, so if this week has been difficult for you, maybe tonight you got some time and you're just kind of thinking through some of the things that have happened recently, you got some questions about life, some struggles, some trials, some fires that you're going through in your life, chat with one of our live coaches right now at HopeNet360.com. Guys, this week was a powerful week for a lot of students across the country. See you at the poll is such an amazing uh, morning and the whole week, this whole week, uh, the last week of just global prayer, students praying for their schools, for their classmates, for their teachers, uh, for their entire community, and then even their nation, their governments. This is a powerful week for a lot of young people. And it's so cool when you see young people taking a stand for their faith, like I was watching Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I was seeing posts from all over the country of students standing in front of their flagpole and just praying. Some of them were leading worship at their flagpole, which I thought was awesome. Some were just like, there was just one kid at the flagpole. And I was like, excellent. Kudos to that kid. Like God is going to really bless that kid, I believe. And it was just cool just to see the different styles, the different ways that see what the poll has taken form throughout the years. But one thing that I do know in talking with a lot of young people is that today, 
schools i would say that this was even true for me like when i was in high school schools weren't necessarily at least in my my experience i didn't have an issue with you at the poll like there wasn't ever like any legal stuff where like people were threatening to sue the school for doing this stuff like legal rights there was a uh, kind of an atmosphere of tolerance and i think that's cool today that there are in some ways that schools are trying to become a little bit more inclusive now it's not true everywhere you go but at least in some of the small towns that we are there's a real growing movement where schools are trying to be inclusive of a lot of different ideas and that does include in some ways christians and yet there's still ways that satan is working to get you distracted and so young people are still feeling like today like they can't really live their faith out a hundred percent like they struggle to really have a strong faith in their school to share their faith with their friends and so why I love See You at the Poll, guys, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this as well, is See You at the Poll gives an opportunity for students who may not have the courage otherwise, but have decided to take one step of courage. And so now it's kind of like, how do I live my faith forward? Have you guys ever thought about that? You know, when you were talking, it's, it's kind of interesting. We live in a day and age where um, identity is very important to people. And those who went to the poll were saying, I am identifying as a Christian. And so that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think that I think you just need to be careful about as you think forward, as you as you think the future is, it's one thing to be inclusive, but you have to realize that you can't be inclusive, really. There are lines in the sand. For example, you can't, if you're a child, you shouldn't be able to warmly welcome a pedophile into your life. There are lines at places you have to draw. And this is where our culture gets messed up. They, they don't know where to draw those lines appropriately where the inclusiveness should or should not be. And, and that's why some people reject Christians, because Christianity does have lines in the sand about certain issues. It's not that there's hatred there or anything. There's just lines in the sand that say, you know, marriages, you should be pure in those and that kind of thing. I mean, there are lines in the sand that we draw that God has drawn in, in the Bible, and that's, that's good. But I, I think if you're, if you're going to be a young person and you're trying to look how you're going to live in the future— Don't buy the whole idea that you have to be tolerant, but you should be patient. Mm. And and you should be inclusive, but not accepting of evil that's out there while you still love the person. And and that's a whole mouthful I just said, and I know it probably is blurry to everybody, but that's kind of the struggle that you're going to have. Yeah, I remember uh, See You at the Poll was as Dave was saying, like an identifier. And it was always encouraging to me because I knew some of the kids that were going to be out there. My youth group would have a group of us that would all go out there and we had a big rally the night before. But it was always encouraging to see other students from other churches or youth groups that I didn't even know were Christians at my school. And it was neat to see all the different students um, gather around together. And it was encouraging throughout the year even to know there were other Christians even outside of my youth group that I didn't even know. Yeah, and it is it is a neat time of year. But I think, too, there are sometimes some ways that we get hung up. See, when I was a teenager, it was like I would go and stand in front of the flagpole. But then when I went back in, I was trying to do everything to kind of play it cool. You know, like, guys, I'm still cool. I'm like, I'm not weird uh, standing at the flagpole. Like, for some reason, it wasn't like I got that from any of the administration or any of the school. It was just, for some reason, I felt like people looked at me differently. And it was probably true. At least I hope today that it's it's true, that people saw me differently because I wasn't just going through, like, what normal people, normal students did. Usually, they just walked into school. You went to your locker, went to your first hour class. Like, there wasn't a focus on prayer. And and so for me, it was like, I wanted to seem like I was cool. And I think one of the enemies to living a faith forward 
is the, the, the feeling, like you said, Dave, this identity of being quote unquote cool. Like you just have to put on this face and, and be somebody that, you know, says I'm not standing out. Like I'm not going to, you know, be the one that stands out and then gets knocked because usually there's someone that's going to pick on you or call you names or whatever. And you just don't want to be put in that situation if you don't have to be. It's an interesting thought. We have to understand that for some reason, God's chosen to use people to show the world who he is. So for us to show the world who he is, we need to live as if we know who he is. And if we don't know who he is, that's the issue. So if if you're going to really be one who stands at the pole, but you don't know who God is, you're going to be a confusing character to yourself and to others. Because standing at the pole might have said, I want to identify as a Christian. But the way you identify as a Christian is by being a Christian. And and that standing at the pole was just, you know, something that was obvious that you, you should have done and you could have done and, and say, okay, I'm just making sure you know that I identify with this group, that they call themselves Christians. But, but the truth of the matter is, if you know God, God for some reason has chosen. He doesn't need to use us, but for some reason he's chosen to use us. And that's a privilege because he could do anything on his own. I was thinking that the other day. I was teaching a class on angels and just talking about people and saying, you know what, God doesn't need the angels to be God and he doesn't need Dave to be God. He doesn't need people. But he chooses to use us and that's a privilege and that's what we have to understand. So those who stood at the pole, I think what you want to do is begin to to grasp the idea that, yes, I did identify with Christianity and with Christians. Now what's the next step? Live in a way, not forcefully, but live in a way where they can understand who Christ is by how you live. And if you don't know how he lives, then you need to spend time with him. Chat with one of our live coaches anytime at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We have show notes for tonight's episode at HopeNet360.com. Also, if you went out to the flagpole Wednesday morning or spent this last week in prayer, I'd love to hear your story. Send it to us at Hope at HopeNet360.com. Or, you know, you can send us a tweet. Facebook, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can also just jump on our website, hopenet360.com, and send us a message there. Share the story of see you at the poll at your school this year. It's it's always good to read those stories and to hear about what God's done in your life through those moments and even what happens after see you at the poll. See, we get confused, guys. We think see you at the poll is just a one-time thing. Like I'm as a teenager, I went out in the morning. There were years, and I know this is it's gonna sound like a wimpy Christian line, but there were years where I just went back into school and pretended like nothing ever happened. Like, you saw me out there? Really? Like, that's weird. I must have a twin. Like, it was as if it never even happened. And I think this isn't just a me thing. This is like, you know, students have a hard time sometimes realizing that being a Christian is not a weird thing. And I think for me... That connection came when I was about eighth grade, ninth grade year when that shift happened. Before then, it was like I was just trying to go with the flow of the crowd. I wasn't going to do things that kids were doing, you know, that I knew was blatantly wrong. But, you know, I pushed the lines a little bit. You know, it wasn't like I was a perfect kid, even though that was what I tried to portray on the outside. A lot of times I was this perfect kid. I just didn't want kids or my friends, like peers that I was working so hard to keep these friendships. I didn't want them to alienate me because I was this weird kid now that was like, praying at a flagpole and doing some weird thing they didn't quite understand. Like, I wasn't totally okay with living my faith forward. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me ask you a couple of questions, all three of you. Do you have, like, a, a jersey of a, a favorite team that you like? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a jersey, Jay? I actually don't. 
And Jay doesn't have a jersey, so he, he's not in this discussion. <laughs> Terry, do you have one? I don't have a jersey, but I have a T-shirt. Okay, a T-shirt, same thing. <laughs> so you wear it more than once, don't you? Yeah. Game day. Yeah, and why do you wear it? Because it's fun. It's fun, and you identify with that team. Oh, We're yeah. proud of our team. It's, it's an identifier. That, that's what you're wearing it for. It, you guys, in your relationships, I've noticed that every once in a while, I, you know, you're on Facebook, and somebody is all of a sudden in a relationship with somebody. I'm not sure what that actually means or doesn't mean because I, my generation didn't do that. We just kind of dated and knew who we were going with and we never had to you know, wear a sign or anything. But in relationship, it means that you're probably saying, I'm pretty proud to be identified with this person. Hmm. Wouldn't that be it? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of relationship would you have with anybody if they didn't want to be identified with you? Right. That's true. Would that be embarrassing? Tara, if somebody's dating you and they just don't want anyone to know that they're dating you, they don't want to be seen with you. How would you feel about that? That'd be pretty weird. Pretty awkward. Yeah, it would be weird. And and that's how it is, I think. When you talk about see at the pole, it's an identifier, and it's it's one. I mean, you're going to wear the jersey again, and you're going to identify again. And, and it's important to see this whole thing as a relationship with God, not a, a bunch of religious stuff like stand at the pole. That's that's not it. It's 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 like saying to the world, I'm in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a bad thing to say. It should never be a bad thing to say. And you have other ways to say it. I mean, how many other ways, when you think about forward, how many other ways, you guys, as we're sitting here, can somebody say, I love God, in their life without saying it with words? Mm-hmm. I mean, stand at the pole identifies. What other identifiers can, can somebody do in a school or a family to say, I'm identifying with God? You know, I think it, it goes along the lines with just even the way that you live your life. I mean, last week we talked about platforms, and this week we we're talking about how to then how do we live this faith forward. You know, and in one sense, going to see you at the pole was the easy step because it's a nationally recognized sort of event that happens at all. I mean, it's kind of yes, like saying somebody I love you. Right. That's the easy you know, thing. I mean, it was a thing that happened all of it. Now, given some of you might have been the only one at your school, which was a little bit more difficult. But even as Jeff said, now you're being identified as a, as a Christian. And so people are going to, going to ask you about that. And that's where the rubber meets the road because you have an option. You have an option to, to get fully behind it and step up and start living out your faith and putting actions behind your words. Or you could choose to kind of like, well, I, I had my time. I'm just going to live back in the shadows. You know, and I understand that that is a, that's a hard decision to make depending on what you value in your life. You know, whether or not you value your friend's opinion of you more than you value knowing that God has your back and you want to live for him regardless of what happens. But it says something about you too. I mean, if, if, if you understand that this is a relationship with God. Yeah. It says something if you're not willing to identify in that relationship, mm. right? No. That's all, that's all I'm saying. And there's different ways you can do it. And you're right. In school, living a certain way and, and thinking about how you can help others and, and having a pure mind frame. I mean, these are ways that, that would allow you to demonstrate that you have a relationship with God. And that's what you want to look for. Right. You know, one thing that I never really realized, and maybe this is worth talking about too, but as I've grown older and now I've finally reached that epitome age of 30 and I'm looking back at my teen years which was almost half my life ago pretty much half my life ago and I'm just thinking like you know if I would have just realized some things sooner like if I would have just realized that as a Christian there's a lot of power behind that name Jesus I was really worried about Jason like you said I was really worried about how people saw me people's opinions of me mattered 
way too much. And sometimes today they still matter way too much. Yeah. And, and I don't always want to live my faith forward because I'm afraid of what people will think of me or how they'll label me or how they'll characterize me or caricature me in certain ways and around certain people. I don't want to be looked at as an outcast. Like I want to be included. And so sometimes like there is this weird thing that goes on in my mind thinking that, well, people's reputation matters. So I'm not going to wear the Jesus Jersey right now because it may not be socially acceptable. Like it made it, it's just not always normative. And yet, if I would have realized how much power there was, like I, I think while well, the classmates, there's a couple of classmates that I've lost, you know, through the years from various different things in their life. I'm not going to go too far into detail with those things, but there are so many struggling, hurting people that were in my class that if I would have just woken up and realized there's power behind the person that I was wearing, that jersey that I was wearing, things probably would have been a little bit different. Now, I can't change those things, but what I can do is recognize today how what I do can really impact other people. And I know that's a deep thing. I want to unpack that a little bit more in the second half of the show because I think that's super important. And for parents that are listening tonight, how can you foster that? How can you encourage your young person to realize there is tremendous power? And I'm not just saying you need to go out and buy this jersey. There's no jersey to go buy. It's like this is this is the power that comes in knowing Jesus, being a part of his family, and then allowing God's spirit to work in you, which was evident when you decided to go and stand at the pole. But it's not just there. It's got to be an everyday thing. How do we live this way in a society that says, yeah, that's not quite normal. Like people don't just do those things. Like I don't see this happening every day. So you're a little bit strange. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. Coming up right now, we've got an update on Alpha. Hey, Jeff here. I'm sitting down with Scott, and we're bringing Alpha to Green Bay. Scott, welcome back. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having us. As a recap or as a refresher, Alpha is this opportunity to get together with different people at different places in life. Some people are like, you know, on mile eight, and some people are on mile two. And no matter what you're trying to do, we're still all just trying to figure out, because I don't think we ever, I don't think anyone really reaches enlightenment, right? No one ever like arrives and say, I've got this all figured out. Mm. And so Alpha is this great place to come together and start answering the question to what life is about. For us at Alpha, the first answer to that question rests in Jesus, right? In the, in, in, and how he taught us to live and the promises that he made us, right? And so in weeks one and two, we started talking about what is there about life and, and how does Jesus fit in? And in week three, we start talking about like why Jesus had to die. And if you were part of church at all when you were growing up at or, you know, at any point in your life, you knew that, that Jesus' death was a big thing, you know? And so at week three in Alpha, we start exploring why he had to die. Jesus dying and dying on the cross, Jesus wasn't the first dude to do that, right? Like that was the Romans jam. That's how yeah. they did things, right? Like, Jesus' death wasn't about the crucifixion as much as it was his blamelessness in that crucifixion. And then more importantly, on that third day later, like rising from the dead. It's, it's a lot more than just blood and gore and altars and, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's more about like sacrifice and putting yourself in the place of somebody else. And so we really explore that in week three, why Jesus had to die. Alpha is a great way. So to learn more about Alpha, please visit alpha.org org slash try and you can find an alpha happening near you feel like nobody cares we do HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. a live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com every teen needs positive interactions every day it's why many teens visit the online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. Through Groundwire, adults like you volunteer two to four hours per week sharing wisdom and encouragement with young people searching for that one positive voice in a world blaring with negatives. You can be that positive voice. We're adding 20 new coaches to our online coaching team. Learn more at HopeNet360.com slash coach. 
Got questions about life? Everyone should have the chance to explore why we're all here, ask questions, and share their point of view. That's why there's Alpha. Alpha is a series of sessions exploring the Christian faith. Each session looks at a different question around faith and is designed to create conversation. No two Alphas look the same, but generally they have three key things in common. Food, a talk, and good conversation. New Alphas are starting soon. Visit alpha.org slash try to find an Alpha course happening near you. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us this week on the show. If you miss any part of this conversation, do subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast. Even if you don't miss any part of the show, still subscribe because we post every show on our website, HopeNet360.com slash podcast, and you can listen back on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app. You can find it. All the links are there at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, we've got Jason and Tara Kay hanging out on the show this week, and we've been talking about living faith forward. We had Sue at the poll this last week. In just a couple of weeks, we'll have Fields of Faith, which is another faith launching point into the school year, encouraging students to stand up for what they believe in, stand up for the Christian faith. Sometimes, though, we get hung up with the way this world says that we should live, or the things that the world says is normal, and that what kids should do, and yet our world is so much, guys, I didn't realize this at a younger age, but it wasn't until about 8th grade, ninth grade year that I realized this world is hurting. Like, there's a lot of students that are around me that are just, they're struggling. Man, they were they were dealing with self-injury. Maybe they were trying different drugs out and trying to figure out, what's my purpose in life? So there's a lot of big questions. And one thing that I was not really confident in until about those years, and even, you know, into my adult years, was how do I live my faith out in a way that's not socially awkward and weird, yet knowing the way of Jesus is completely countercultural to society anyway. Uh, how do I balance these things? This was a this was a paradox in my mind. Like I didn't want to be seen as weird, both in high school and then after that in, in the college life, and and even still today. Like there's there's a part of the Christian faith, and we experienced part of it this week with prayer that some people are just not sure how to handle it. So we feel like we need to back down or kind of fade into the background with our Christian faith and just kind of be, try to be cool, try to, you know, put on this face and even struggle to let go of some of the worldly habits that we've had before we found Jesus. This is still something today. It's a challenge to live with my faith. I don't always want to wear my Jesus jersey. Let's just put it that way. But yet I know there's power behind it now as I've experienced some years throughout the years. Dave, I think you're probably the guy with the most wisdom here. Like, young people, how do you explain this paradox and help them wade through some of the discomfort or how to live their faith forward? Sometimes we force issues rather than allow them to just come to the front naturally. What do you mean? If you feel like you're forced to go and tell somebody that you're a Christian or you're forced to act a certain way, you're going to be awkward. It's kind of like telling an introvert that they need to act like they're an extrovert oh. or an extrovert that they need to act like they're an introvert. They're, they're going to be clumsy at that if they try. They're not going to be really good at it. My suggestion really is pretty simple. If you want to live as if you loved God and to help people know God, then you need to spend time with them so that you love him and know him. When you do that, the natural expression will be that you will live in a way that allows you many opportunities. And I would look for those opportunities, but I wouldn't want to look for them in a forced way. So I think that would be my basic advice is don't force the issue, but actually live in a certain way that reflects what you actually do believe 
And if you're forcing it, ask yourself why. Maybe you don't believe it and you need to get back in God's word and re- recheck things out. It might cause you to, to trust in God more, you know, as you live out your faith. I experienced that when I, when I was in high school, going into my freshman year of high school, you know, my life was kind of two different lifestyles. I identified as a Christian, but then all my friends weren't believers. And so they didn't have that same identification. And so what happened was I wanted to be accepted by them. And so I went along and did the things that they did. Mm. Over time, I had this conflict in my, in my mind saying, I don't want to do this dual lifestyle. And so I knew what I needed to do. You know, I wasn't strong enough to say no to them. And yet here I am going to the flagpole at times and doing other things that identified it as a believer. And it's not like they were matching up. And so I took a step of faith. I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. For me at that moment, the best thing for me to do is not to hang out with my friends. And so I stopped hanging out with them. And I knew that that wasn't going to be a popular thing to do, especially going into high school. It's probably the worst time to change friendship groups. Yeah. But I did it. Was it hard? Yes. Did it suck at times? Yes. But the cool thing was, is that God showed himself and continued to encourage me. And after a few months, all of a sudden, I had a whole new support system around me that was more of an encouragement to me than drawing me back. Right. I agree with Jason too. Like in, in high school, I had a lot of friends from a youth group. I think that's another key thing that could be very supportive for someone is um, to surround yourself with friends that um, share your beliefs, but then to be prepared when the opportunity comes up. I know there's that stigma of like the Jesus freak Christian who goes around and, and is the Jesus cheerleader and that can kind of turn people off. So I didn't, I think for me, I didn't want to be that person, but then I kind of, um, I was so afraid of being that person that I kind of shied away from opportunities too. I think it's just being there when the opportunity presents itself and then being willing to step out when it does. Like I remember the first time that somebody, I was going through a struggle and um, a friend of mine asked if they could pray for me. And I just thought that was so like right there, then and there, you know, there's some people that'll just say, Oh, well, I'm praying for you. But she asked me right then and there, can I pray for you? And that was I felt a little weird at first and I was Christian. I prayed, but I felt a little weird, but I let her, you know, I said, yeah, okay, let's pray. And then I started doing that for other people and it was kind of difficult at first, but then I realized, you know, people wanted to talk to me about their problems. My friends that were Christians or non-Christians, they wanted to talk to me about their problems and I would always listen and I would try to come up with advice. But I realized, man, if I just said, Hey, can I pray with you? And after, you know, listening to them and, and sharing a few things that I just knew from experience, but then asking them if I could pray for them, they were kind of shocked at first too, but it really just made the situation better. And it really turned the situation over to the one who could really help more than I could. Yeah. And you should expect people to look at you differently. You should expect people. And I know you guys said that someone had mentioned it that people are going to ask you about it. I didn't get a lot of people asking me about you at the poll. What I normally got was I, I saw people making eye contact with me trying to figure out, okay, who is this person? Like I saw you at the flagpole. What were you doing? People will just watch you. And I found that to be true. People will watch you more. They won't necessarily come and ask you about it unless they kind of know you, but people will watch you. And they're looking for people that stand out in, and not in bad ways, in ways that oftentimes make the headlines, but they're looking for examples of people that want to do it right. There's something about a person identifying and seeing a person doing something right. There are people that are just going to watch you now. And that's kind of the hard thing as a Christian, as a Christ follower. It's something that I think that's probably the most intimidating thing about being a Christian is when you realize now that when people see you as a Christ follower, 
They're going to watch you. They're going to look at you different. They're going to listen to the stuff you're saying. They're going to look at the music you're listening to. They're going to look at the sites and the places that you're going online. They're going to look at what you post on social media. And so they're going to watch you maybe more from a distance, but they're watching you. You are now building on a faith legacy that you didn't have before. Now you have a platform like we talked about last week that's unmistakable. You can't get away from it now. It's like, if you want to destroy it, you can definitely destroy it. You can go off and, and do things like living in the world and, and a life of sin. But if you really want it, now is the time to embrace that platform that you now have where you can do like Tara said. You can start to impact your world. You can start to do things that is, in a way, countercultural, but is bringing hope into the lives of people that are around you. So we're going to talk about this when we come back here. Make sure to check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Lots of stuff there. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm excited about this interview. We've had some really great interviews the past few weeks. Tonight, I'm sitting down with my good friend Dave from Silver Birch Ranch, and Jason is also here, program director of Silver Birch Ranch. Guys, first of all, (laughs) I don't need to say it, but welcome to the show. Thanks for being on with me this week. Thanks. And uh, I wanted to hear from you guys. There's a lot of people that know you. They know us as people that host the show. But what they may not know is about Silver Birch Ranch. So could you just share about some of the history of Silver Birch Ranch for those that are new maybe to Silver Birch Ranch, some of the events you have coming up, and then how people can connect with you guys? Sure. We're starting our 50th year this year, our 50th summer, and we're excited to be here. And we really were started by my dad, who was a pastor, and, and really focus on building the local church. So we work with a lot of churches throughout the summer where they come up and we encourage them to bring their own counselors and get kids from their area and go home with them when they're finished so that as they make decisions, they can follow up. But we're passionate about our, our mission to know Christ, to make him known. And if you look at our whole ministry, it, it's a toolbox. In other words, there's, when you fix a car, you don't use the same tool for everything in the car. And when you're discipling people, you don't use the same tool. Camping as a tool. Silver Birch Ranch is a tool. So we have summer camp, and that's what Jason is in charge of. And we have winter camps where a church can come up as a retreat or join us on our winter camp programs. And then we have Nicolay Bible Institute, where young people can come for a year of college and learn the Bible, learn how to serve people. And then we have a camp up in Canada, and we have a place called The Refuge. And these places are, are really more remote and, and try and get people to work on their relationships with each other. All of those things, and then we do the radio stuff. And, and so all of those things put into a basket is a bunch of different tools trying to accomplish our motto, which is to know Christ and to make him known. And so what we do is we invite churches to come and see what we're doing and partner with us. Let us do what we do well and help you allow your church to grow. And in that process, then we can honor God together. We don't, we're don't. we not a church and we don't act like a church. We're a camp and we go there and serve the church. And that's an important distinction. We have several programs that come up. I mean, there's several times a year where both Jason and I are speaking and Jeff, you come up for some of these uh, programs that we do and uh, Jason, what are what are some of the, the programs that people can take advantage of? Yeah, actually, coming up in the fall, we do, we try to do a lot of specialty retreats to kind of hit the whole family. 
we have our men's retreat coming up. It's October 7th to 9th. And that's for just the men to, to kind of get away and, and hang out, have campfires, eat food, and do the things that men do. And that's always a highlight. Um, it is. We also have our father-son retreat. That's a great opportunity for you to get away with your son or sons and, and just spend some intentional time with them. And then, you know, we do a hunter's retreat, the, always the weekend before Thanksgiving and, and, and that sort of thing. And then we do our, uh, our winter family camp. Dave, you're speaking for that this I year. I am. I'm excited. A bunch of good winter stuff we do up here. Just being out with your family and, and intentional in the winter of, of playing in the snow. Yeah, and that's uh, that's over New Year's this year. So that's uh, December 30th to January 2nd. I'm excited. We always do Winter Jam. We talk about that on the show. Jeff has joined us for that um, in the past. And I'll be the speaker for Winter Jam What this is year. Winter Jam? It's for what group? Winter Jam this year, actually, it's for middle school and high school students. It okay. used to be just for high school students. But now we're opening up to both middle school and high school students. And that's uh, Super Bowl weekend. So that's February 15th. Seventh, I know. I know the the season just started uh, last week, but hey, you can you can jump right in and start thinking about winter jam. Mark right that now. calendar. Yep, that's so what you're on. a lot of a lot of fun events. It's it's always a good time here at Silver. And Nicolay Bible Institute is a program where we take thirty students who come for one year to learn the Bible, and then learn how to serve God. And and really, any time of the year, you can look at the Nicolay Bible Institute site and and begin to start applying for next year. So if you're a senior or junior, you need to start checking out Nicolay Bible Institute. If you're not sure what you want to do, or even if you are, we, you need to be trained in the Bible. And how would they find more information on any of this? Check out our website, silverbirchranch.org. Um, that has all the information for our retreats and things. And there's a link on there for Nicolay Bible Institute. Otherwise, you can go to Nicolay Bible Institute, Google it, search yep. it, any of that sort of stuff. But the easiest way is go to silverbirchranch.org. Silverbird yep. Silver all one word, small letters, dot org. And that can pretty much guide you to everywhere else, and, and you can start seeing the toolbox. Or give us a call and come on up and visit us, and we'd be glad to uh, show you around and share the vision with you. Thanks, guys. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Also, you can still be part of our tweet back tonight. We're hanging out with you guys on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTV. Jeff, DW, we've got Jason and Tarek hanging out on the show this week. Guys, what a great conversation. I'm, I'm excited. I had some mentors and people in my life that encouraged me to live with my faith forward. And I, I still remember that moment when I made that decision that I just wasn't going to care so much about people's opinions of me that I couldn't, you know, consider myself as a cool person. If I just kind of took my Jesus Jersey off as it were, we're kind of using that example illustration today and decided to just kind of play it cool, say some of the things that we know, you guys know how this works. You get around certain groups of people and you act one way around them. And then you get around a different group of people and you act somewhat different. I mean, there may be some things that are similar, but you still change with the people that you're around. And I just decided, you know, that was a lot of work. First of all, I'm a guy. I want to do what's simple. I don't I don't really want to fracture my mind and my personality in such a way where it's like I got to be this person and oops, I forgot that I wasn't supposed to say that or not say that around this group and it was just like a huge mental block for me and I just remember there was a point where God was like, you know, why does that really matter? You know, see you at the poll is one of those things where, yeah, you take a step of faith. Yeah, for some, you're around these people. For most of you guys, you're around people that were at your flagpole that at least shared part of the Christian faith with you. Some of you guys were standing all by yourselves, and that's awesome. I really give you credit for that. Uh, but this is still one of those things where now today 
you're still going to have to go back to school this week and you're going to have to realize, you know, people are going to be a, like I mentioned, watching you differently. They're going to be looking at you and listening to what you're saying and the music you're listening to, the sites that you're on, the, the stuff you post on social media. They're going to be watching and listening to you now because they're like, they're trying to figure out, okay, is this guy the real deal? Is this girl the real deal? I mean, is she who she says she is? Is he who he has put out there like you're a person that prays. So if you're a person that prays, uh, I probably shouldn't hear you cussing. You know, I probably shouldn't hear you, you know, saying things about somebody else that's mean. You know, I shouldn't see you doing things like stealing stuff out of the lunchroom or from your friend's locker or stuff like that. Like you should be different. You know, you should be doing things right. Like that would be an indicator that something's different about you. Now they're going to be watching you. As we wrap up the show tonight, what are some of your takeaways? You know, I, th- I think it's important that you be the person that, again, you you really are. Because as you were talking, Jeff, it is so difficult to pretend to be somebody you're not. You can't even remember who you are half the time. And what happens is you are confusing, not only to yourself, but to everybody that's around you. And that's not what God is. God is not the author of confusion. You need to understand that God loves you. He made you the way you are, and he just wants you to live in the concepts and the ideas that were made so you can be successful. And when you look at other people, you want to help them be successful. And if you have that simple mind frame, I think you can move forward with it, and you can live in a way where others will be attracted to what you're doing without you force-feeding them your ideas or your Christianity or anything else. They'll want to hear it. Because you actually care. If we focus so much on living this dichotomous lifestyle, at some point it's going to break down. There's a point where you just say, you know what? I need to trust in my relationship with God. That could be a step of faith. That might be hard for you to do, but that's where you put the, the where that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, and as you always say, Dave, God is older than you. He's smarter than you and he loves you. You can trust him. That's the biggest thing that we, that we need to remember, especially as you're living out your faith at school or at work or wherever it is, you can trust God. Yeah. And if you put him first and you trust him first, I guarantee you it's a decision that you will never, ever, ever regret. If you, Jason, were wondering about something, but you didn't want to let me know you were wondering about it, mm-hmm. how can I help you? Exactly. You need to be one person. Right. Even in your, within your Christian community. Absolutely. So that you can get the help that you need. If I know you're struggling with something, I can reach out to you. But I cannot do that if you're pretending around me that right. you don't have an issue. And if it's something where you need the support system to help you make that decision, talk to somebody that you could trust, whether it's a friend that you know is a believer, whether it's a teacher that you know is a believer. Maybe it's, you know... A, go to a live chat. Yeah, go to a live chat and you know, talk to a live person that can encourage you and help you because it's not like you're doing this alone. You could do it with the help of somebody else and it makes it that much easier to take that step of faith and to trust in God. Completely agree with what Jason was saying. I think one of the things that really helped me through my faith as a teenager, especially was having good mentors. I had, you know, youth pastor, which was a really good opportunity to hear great sermons, but then he also had a great way of interacting with each student and making them feel special and supported and growing in their faith. And then we had small group leaders too. So we had other adults in our life that gave us opportunities. We break off into small groups that we break out into small groups and then have the opportunity to talk about just things that were going on in our lives. And I think that really made a difference to be able to have that time to break it down and and talk about what we were learning. So, I mean, if you don't go to youth group, I would definitely check it out. And I know as a teen, sometimes we feel like, well, I have to go to church because my parents say that I have to, but it changes is it when you choose to take advantage of the opportunity. So get involved in a youth group, a small group if you can, or or go to live chat and talk to someone because it really makes a difference. Yeah, and for those that are parents that are listening to the show, I want to leave you with some thoughts in creating a 
safe spiritual growth environment for your teenager, your young adult. Some of the things that I think will work for you in your favor is, first of all, what won't create a safe spiritual environment is forcing your teen or your young adult to believe and respond to God in the way that you do. I think this is so important and it's hard sometimes just to pack that up and say, don't do that because as a parent, you're still trying to help coach them and, and help build faith in their lives. But at the same time, don't expect your teenager to be where you are in your faith journey. Encourage them, give them some pointers, maybe give them some tips, but don't force it. I think that's the hardest thing for a teenager to wade through, especially in this transforming time of their life when they're trying to figure out, okay, who does God want me to be versus who do my friends want me to be? So encouraging them is a huge part of it. Part of it, this is a bigger can of worms that I'm about to open up here, but my youth pastor used to sum this up and kind of use the personality type of the one that would say, do as I say, not as I do. And the idea, and we've kind of talked about this too, of just trying to live dual lives or that we say one thing, but we do another. You really, as parents, it's hard to do this. And I'm speaking from a parent of young kids right now, but I have to learn how to say, do as I say, and also as I do. Like I actually have to put it into practice myself because my kids aren't just going to listen and do the things that I'm saying they should do. What they're going to do is they're going to imitate me. And that's a hard thing to realize. And then the last thing is dismissing your kid's doubt or your teen's doubt, fears, their pains, thinking that it's, quote, just a phase. I think it's important to address the doubts. It's important to foster conversations to talk about those things. So be open and be honest, but don't just dismiss the things you're going through as, oh, it's just a phase. You're going to get over it. You know, be there, be available, be willing to talk about it. Don't push and force it, but just be available and, and open to discuss some of the things that they're feeling. Um, and validate those things too. Say, yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't been there, but don't just dismiss them. I think that's a big part of it. So that's all for us here on the show this week. You can find this and past episodes, download them for free by subscribing to our podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat, the tweet back is going 24-7 at hopenet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTB. Connect with us at hopenet360.com slash connect to find all of our social networks out there where we're posting where we're tweeting where we're interacting with you guys and from all of us here on HopeNet radio make each conversation count this week you could save a life we'll see you next time bye-bye later bye